0: Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And this week in Data Breaches, it was absolutely nuts, but that should not come as any surprise to anybody because, quite frankly, it's just getting nuts out there. So, thanks to Barrett Peterson, Jay Dance, and Jacqueline Wolf for sending me some of these. I really appreciate it. Let's keep on rolling here. And so, the first one we're going to be talking about is software maker Brightly. Now, they confirmed that attackers sold close to 3 million SchoolDude user accounts in April in a data breach. Now, SchoolDude is a cloud-based work order management system used primarily by schools and universities to submit and track maintenance orders. Brightly said... That it was notifying both past and present customers that the attackers took their names, email addresses, account passwords, and phone numbers if added to the account. The data also includes names of school districts as well. So, heads up to you if your school district uses School Dude by Brightly. Moving on. Let's talk about Discord. Been in the news lately, they're getting sued for mass shooting, you know, basically aiding mass shooting, all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Discord having a data breach because they're notifying users of that thing that occurred, apparently, after the account of one of their third-party support agents was compromised. Now, the security breach exposed the agent support ticket queue, which contained user email addresses, messages exchanged with support and any attachments sent uh, basically as part of tickets. So there you go. Uh, Discord says they immediately addressed this and disabled the account, etc. But if you use Discord and have submitted a ticket, heads up to you, you might have been exposed somewhat. Moving on. Let's talk about the United States Department of Transportation They said they got hit by a data breach involving its administrative systems. Now, a preliminary inquiry found out that the breach was confined to the software used to process employee transit benefits. And that's according to a brief that they had this past Friday night. No transportation systems were affected, apparently, according to their statement. And so we're going to see where this goes. But obviously, hitting the Department of Transportation, never a good thing. Critical infrastructure is a major thing here. Moving on. Quick update on the Fortra Go Anywhere uh, massive data breach that has zillions of companies uh, essentially disclosing data breaches. This week, we had Nation Benefits Holding for 3 million or more uh, users. So heads up to you if you use Nation Benefits Holding. Fortrago Anywhere had them disclosed. Moving on, let's talk about Toyota. Yes, the Toyota Motor Corporation. And I swear, like they are starting to creep up on data breaches against T-Mobile and Marriott, but they're not quite there yet. But they keep getting hit and keep getting exposed. So they disclosed a data breach on their cloud environment that exposed the car location information of over 2.1 million customers for 10 years between November 13, uh, November 6 of 2013 through April 17th of this year. That's just, that's almost a decade. Now, according to security notice published on the company's Japanese newsroom, the data breach resulted from a database misconfiguration that allowed anybody to access the contents without a password. Now, the incident exposed the information of customers who use the company's T-Connect G-Link, G-Link Lite, or G-Book services between January 2nd of 2012 through April 17 of this year. Now, T-Connect... Is Toyota's in smart uh, car like in-car smart service for voice assistance, customer service support, car status and management, on-road emergency help, et cetera, et cetera. And the information that was exposed includes your vehicle's GPS navigation terminal ID number, the chassis number of your vehicle, and the vehicle location information with time data. Now, there's no evidence that any of this was misused, but unauthorized uh, users basically could have accessed the historical data on possibly the real-time location of 2.15 million Toyota cars on the road around the world. So heads up to you, If you use the T-Connect G-Link, G-Link Lite, or G-Book services from Toyota, you probably were caught up, especially if you've owned that Toyota since before April 17. Moving on. Let's talk about the Met. Yes, the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. They recently reported that 45,094 individuals may have lost crucial personal information, such as credit card details, social security numbers, car payment information, including pins, in this cyber attack that happened in December of 2022. This is the update to that. We now know uh, what went on. We didn't before. And I did go back and look. And yes, late December last year, I did report on this. Moving on. We're going to once again do our mini-segment on who's suing who, because honestly, we're litigious, and if you just spent a little bit more money, you wouldn't be facing a class action or a lawsuit. Now, first one up this week is Next Gen Healthcare, because they had a filing against them in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia, uh, basically in a class status following exposure of consumer information, including social security numbers, names, dates of birth, and addresses. Now, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported this past Tuesday that almost uh one mil well exactly one million forty nine thousand three hundred seventy five individuals were affected in this breach, and that the filing claims quote all the data was vulnerable end quote therefore alleges next gen quote did not follow federal and industry guidelines for protecting data so heads up to you, if you use Next Gen Healthcare, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, community health systems this is one of the largest health breaches. Uh, they've got a lot of huge presence here in Chicago. They're based out of Franklin, Tennessee, and they just had a class action lawsuit, which is no surprise, filed on May 5th in federal court in the Middle District of Tennessee in Nashville, the capital of Tennessee. So obviously, community system, community health systems, we were waiting for that one, and here we go. Moving on. The Californian home care provider, home care service provider, Supercare, has proposed a $2.25 million settlement to resolve class action in response to their 2021 hacking incident, which the protected health information of 318,379 patients was compromised and exposed. So, Heads up to you. I do not have an end date, meaning when you should file, but if you have super care for your home service care providing needs, you definitely want to go ahead and check that out, especially in California. Moving on, let's talk about web Tech because apparently they were negligent in their data security, leading to a cyber attack that affected current and former employees, according to a new class action. Now, the plaintiff Stephen Pfister filed the class action lawsuit against Westinghouse Airbrake Technologies Corporation, known as Wabtec, on April 12th in a Pennsylvania court on that same day. It was then moved to a federal court. Now, according to the lawsuit, on June 26th of last year, <coughs> WebTech lost control over its computer network, and highly sensitive personal information that was stored on that network was breached by cyber criminals. Uh, basically, uh, WebTech is, or yeah, WebTech is a digital transport and equipment equipment solutions company, and so obviously that's a huge thing. So heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Fulton Bank in Georgia. I would assume Fulton, Georgia. A federal judge in Georgia preliminary approved a 750 thousand dollar settlement between a class of more than 100,000 mortgage customers who had their personal data hacked and one of three defendants who sued over this breach. Now, Fulton Bank's proposed class action settlement is, quote, fair, reasonable, and adequate, according to Judge Stephen Grimberg, who wrote that on the Thursday order filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia. Now, the deal's terms uh, basically state that a final approval hearing is needed to schedule uh, scheduled no less than 100 days from this order and so this is they're still going through it right now but Fulton Bank obviously is going to end up paying at least $750,000 and here we are. Moving on, Philadelphia law firm Spear Wildman actually is in the hot seat because plaintiff Jerome uh Reniel uh, filed a class action lawsuit against Spear Wildman PC on April 14th in Pennsylvania Federal Court alleging negligence. Now, according to the lawsuit, the labor and employment firm failed to safeguard confidential data which led to a 2021 breach. That exposed the personal information of tens of thousands of clients, witnesses, and others connected to cases the firm handled. Now, to detail the alleged uh, negligence, Raniel said that the company did not use, quote, basic security measures, end quote, such as password protection for their database is never a good sign, especially for a law firm, so heads up to you. And those were your class actions and lawsuits of the week. And as I said before, if you just pay a little bit more, You don't have to pay a lot later when everybody sues you and then doesn't want to work with you later on and you can potentially go out of business. So here we are moving on. Back to our regular breaches, we're going to talk about a rural Utah healthcare provider called Uintah. They are notifying more than 100,000 individuals of a hacking incident involving health information of individuals that received care over a decade-long period. Now, attackers may have accessed or stolen patient data of 103,974 patients who received care between March of 2012 and last November. Now, affected information is clinical information, including diagnosis, medications, and test results. Their flagship. Facilities a 42 bed hospital located in Roosevelt, a city of less than 10,000 residents in eastern Utah. So there you go. Heads up to you if you use Uintah for your rural healthcare needs. Moving on, let's talk about the photon Blue uh, Florida Hotel. Now Fortam Blue, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Florida Hotel filed a notice of data breach on May 9th with the Office of Maine, uh, their Attorney General, after learning that confidential consumer information stored on their computer network was accessed by an unauthorized party. We're talking names, social security numbers, and financial account information. After confirming that this was leaked, they sent out letters to affected parties. Moving on, let's talk about ARC Document Solutions, because on May 10th, they filed with Montana's Attorney General. Essentially, an unauthorized party was able to access files stored in their infrastructure, and they have yet to publicly disclose of specific data types, we do know that it involves sensitive consumer information. They began sending out notices as well. So heads up to you, ARC Document Solutions customers. Moving on, let's talk about Gaston College on March 3rd. Uh, basically, they posted a system interruption notice after the school confirmed that they were a victim of a ransomware attack that may have jeopardized confidential student and faculty information on that network. They're still in the process of investigating this incident. The school is reviewing the affected data to determine what kind of information is out there. And then, obviously, once they figure that out, they'll send out letters as well. But heads up to you if you're faculty or students or anything with Gaston College. Moving on, let's talk about Mercer University because they posted an article on May 9th discussing a recent data breach stemming from a cyber attack that resulted in an unauthorized party being able to get uh, access confidential information on students and faculty based on the incident. We're talking names, social security numbers, and driver's license numbers. They confirmed the leak. They basically started sending out letters as well. So heads up to you, University university or mercer university students and faculty moving on let's talk about amtel because on may 10th they basically um, also known as connectivity source for the record um, on may 10th they filed notice of data breach with maine's attorney general after learning an unauthorized party got into their network and accessed information belonging to current and former employees now based on the filing we're talking about employee names, social security numbers and more After confirming that was leaked, they're obviously letting their past and current employees know. So heads up to you if you've ever worked for Amtel, a.k.a. Connectivity Source. Moving on, let's talk about the New Mexico Department of Health. Now, basically, the DOH in New Mexico reported a breach to HHS of 49,000 individuals. Now, this occurred when the DOH discovered that a spreadsheet containing information about individual deaths in New Mexico had been sent to a journalist. Now, the journalist had requested information under the Inspection of Public Records Act, but the information that was sent included protected health information. Specifically, the spreadsheet contained PHI regarding every death in New Mexico from January 2020 to 2021, through December of 2021. So you're looking at basically a two-year period, and apparently 49,000 people died in New Mexico, and this journalist has got all their information. Notably, though, this information did not include names, birth dates, address, or contact information. DOH encouraged families to remain vigilant against any suspicious activity in the name of a recently deceased person or family. That actually happened to a friend of mine. His grandfather died, and then the banks came calling about six months later saying, Hey, he's maxed out his credit cards. Why isn't he paid? And they're like, well, he's dead. Nothing you can do about it, so these things do happen. You can definitely run scams off a dead guy. Moving on, let's talk about PRGX Global, because on May 5th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering an unauthorized party gained access to their network. Based on their filing, we are talking about uh, names, social security numbers, and financial account information. After confirming this was a leak, uh, PRGX started sending out data breach notifications to those individuals as well. Moving on. Quick update on Taiwanese PC maker MSI, because the threat actors behind the ransomware attack on them, uh, basically this happened last month, has now leaked the co- uh, company's private code signing keys on their dark website. Never a good thing for a company. Quote, confirmed Intel OEM private key leaked, causing an impact on the entire ecosystem. That is according to Alex Matrosov, founder and CEO of Firmware Security um, Firmware security firm Binerly uh, in a tweet over this past weekend, quote, It appears that the Intel boot guard might not be effective on certain devices based on 11th Tiger Lake, 12th Adler Lake, and 13th Raptor Lake. Those are versions of Intel processors for those who have no idea. They just, they just name them Lake, something Lake. That's their latest thing. Moving on. Um, uh, we're actually sticking with MSI, but moving on from that. Present in the leaked data are firmware image signing keys associated with 57 PCs and private signing keys for Intel Boot Guard on, used on 116 MSI products. Now, the Boot Guard keys from MSI are believed to basically impact several device vendors, including Intel, Lenovo, and Supermicro. So this is a huge supply chain hit, um, especially when you've got encryption keys getting leaked out. Never a good sign. So Hopefully, uh, they'll be able to change all of those up because, quite frankly, they're going to have to. So MSI, you needed better security, and I'm just kind of surprised and disappointed. Moving on, let's head on down to South Korea and talk about the Seoul National University Hospital because the Korean National Police Agency has concluded that a cyber attack on Seoul National uh, University Hospital, one of the largest hospitals in the entire country, was the handiwork of North Korean attackers. Now, the attack uh, occurred between May and June of 2021. The police report does not explicitly name any particular threat group, but it is believed that the Kimsuki group is responsible for the attack, according to South Korean media. Now, using seven servers based in multiple countries, including South Korea, the attackers infiltrated the internal network, leading to a data exposure of 831,000 South Koreans, most of whom were patients. So, obviously, never a good thing, but heads up to you, my listeners and followers in South Korea. If you use the Seoul National University Hospital for your medical needs, please check in with them. Moving on. And us on back to the United States and talk about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, or CFPB. They disclosed last week they suffered a data breach, and they say it may have compromised sensitive information in consumer accounts from a number of financial institutions. Now, the CFPB has attributed this data breach to a now former examiner employee sending confidential records to a personal email account. In other words, this person, whoever he or she was, was taking internal sensitive documents that obviously are marked, you know, not for personal use, if you will, and sending them to, I don't know, their Gmail account or somewhere. Now, the confidential records reportedly included supervisory information on 45 financial institutions, along with two spreadsheets containing names and transaction-specific account numbers from seven financial institutions across the United States. financial institutions most affected by the data breach had 256,000 customers who may have had their sensitive information compromised, Well, one had as few as just two potential counts exposed, so this runs the gamut from a few to hundreds of thousands at least. Now, the agency reportedly discovered the improper email usage on Valentine's Day, because why not, when a team member alerted them after noticing the now former examiner had copied their personal email address on a work correspondence, and there you go. That's when it all unraveled. Moving on. Let's talk about Ambulance Victoria down under. That's right, we're heading to Australia because the confidential drug and alcohol test results of graduate paramedics were available for every Ambulance Victoria staff member to view under a significant breach that has been reported to the state's privacy watchdog. Now, Ambulance uh, Ambulance Victoria's CEO, Jane Miller, Confirmed on Friday afternoon that the unacceptable, quote-unquote, breach involved 600 test results relating to a, quote-unquote, few hundred people and offered her unreserved apology to those impacted. She said the organization was in the process... Of contacting those people who had been affected by that breach, which included about 30 positive test results. And again, when we are talking about, you know, very sensitive information, it's the last thing you want to know. Now, according to an email sent late Thursday to members of Victorian Ambulances Union, um, and first reported by The Guardian, confidential spreadsheets related to pre employment testing of graduate paramedics uh, in 2017 and 2018 were available on the staff internet until the union alerted Ambulance Victoria <coughs> to the problem and here we are and so obviously that's a huge thing if you're one of those 600 or so paramedics uh you know that got caught up in this heads up to you now heading back to the united states And this is our finally for tonight, and the reason why it is our finally uh, is simply this. We're talking about the Illinois Department of Health Care and Family Services and the Illinois Department of Human Services as well, or IDHS. Now, they disclose a data breach within the state of Illinois' Application for Benefits Eligibility Systems uh, Manage My Case portal. Now, the ABE system is responsible for determining the eligibility of state-funded medical benefit programs like Medicaid and Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program SNAP. That's basically what Illinois calls welfare. (laughs) And the temporary assistance for needy families as well. Now, the breach involved unauthorized accounts created in the system, meaning somebody got in, which then accessed and linked to existing customer MMC accounts by using the customer's personal information, which was stolen from another source. In other words, you know, maybe they got everybody's info thanks to the Equifax breach a while back, and here it is, so much stuff's floating around the dark web. Now, the information that was accessed includes names, social security numbers, recipient identification numbers, addresses, phone numbers, and income information. The breach potentially affects individuals who have applied for or are receiving benefits through that portal. And the reason why this is the last one that we are talking about, it's not because it's my home state. It's because this breach essentially scraped a lot of sensitive, personally identifiable information on those in this state that, quite frankly don 't have the financial resources to fend for themselves, and if we start to see a slew you know of fraud because you know again you can run an identity theft scam on pretty much anybody, you know we can see credit ruined we can see identities ruined by virtue of that we can see you know credit shot, and if you don't have the financial resources to basically unstick yourself and it takes months potentially to unstick yourself or afford the attorneys that have to go after uh you know whoever it is to to basically unstick your credit once again this becomes a huge problem it makes things worse for those that are already in a pretty dire situation. And so I don't like to see that. That's never fun, you know, and not not that I'd want to identity theft, let's say, on myself. But, you know, I'm able to afford, fortunately, identity monitoring, those kinds of things. And so by virtue of that, I have more protection than somebody that, quite frankly, can't afford that. That's on food stamps, basically. So that's not good. We have to take care of each other. And so I wanted to make that the last thing that I said here, uh, you know, in this uh you know, in this comment, in this comment here, in this broadcast. So there you go. So with that, just be cool to each other. And those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter and Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.